Hi, I'm James Kahn. I wrote the novels of Return of the Jedi, Poltergeist, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. Hey, I'm Yossi Charlotte Ranamarcos. Hey, it's Tyler from Theory of a Dead Man. Hey, I'm Jim Coates. Hi, this is Scott Coker, president of Bell Storm and Hey, guys. I'm Canadian Olympian Lauren Sussman. Hey, guys. This is Mia Kang, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model and Wi-Fi fighter. Hey, everybody. What's happening? This is Zach Wild from Black Label Society. Hey, everybody. This is Devin Townsend, and you're listening to the Toddcast Podcast. Enjoy. If you're like me and kind of need a bit of a kick in the ass, a gentle reminder when it comes to fitness and keeping active, staying fit, one of the three guests this week will be right up your alley. Fitness influencer and the host of the It Takes Grit podcast, Rebecca Louise, joins us at about the midpoint of this week's podcast. She has a million people following her. She's a super positive spark online. I think you'll love her. Also a guest, you'll know Chris Cochran, Chris Machete. For a few reasons, he's an awesome comic book artist, he's a musician with an online music school in Kingston, Ontario, and he's one half of the Kids on the Escalator podcast alongside of our longtime buddy Brent Donnelly. We'll get to Chris in a little bit. First, let's get to our first guest. This week's musical guest is three quarters of the band The Damn Truth. That is brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. They also welcome podcasts voiceover actors, of course, bands, and a lot more. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. Now, The Rock is strong with The Damn Truth. They're based out of Montreal. They released their third album, Now or Nowhere, last week on May 7th. It's a banger. Six of the songs on this new album were produced at the warehouse in Gastown here in Vancouver by Bob Rock. Of course, you'll know Bob Rock. I mean, he's legendary. Metallica, Aerosmith, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi. I'm That's scratching the surface. Incredible bands. But they didn't record the whole album with Bob Rock because of COVID. But the work they did afterwards is with a Juno award-winning producer. There's three Grammy Award winners on the album. Credit to the band. The story is building. The pieces are falling into place. And what's not to love? Big rock anthems. There's tasty riffs. A voice that's been compared to Joplin meets Zeppelin. And quite honestly, that's not far off. And it's not like they were an overnight sensation. They've been grinding it out for years. Extensive tours to Europe. The States, they opened up for ZZ Top and Sticks, Rival Sons. They've had this DIY attitude for the entire career, and it's appealing to the right people right now. And you'll start hearing about the damn truth more and more on rock stations that know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Was supposed to talk to their singer, Leela, but ended up with three quarters of the band, which is, of course, totally cool. It's always fun to talk to everyone. And you can hear that now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. A simple search of Toddcast Podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with The Damn Truth. The Toddcast Podcast. What's that like in studio with one of the most legendary producers on the freaking planet? Bob Rock. Like, what? (laughs) We were definitely beside ourselves, so excited. And I mean, we had, you know, months to get ready for it. But I mean, that just built the anticipation even further, you know? Yeah. We arrived at the studio after like a 4,500 kilometer drive as well. So we kind of arrived there very disheveled, you know? It's like we went straight from the the drive to to the studio. And we, we met him and it was like, it was experience of a lifetime man to say the least you know oh uh, of course and so like how did that happen like what are the steps to 
get it so that the damn truth is working with Bob Rock. Like what, what happened? How did that happen? Well, we're lucky to have uh, a good friend who is now our manager, Ralph Alfonso. Okay. Uh, he used to manage Bob's band, the Payolas back in the day. Oh, and when okay. we came back from our European tour, you know, we had a bunch of songs in the bank and we were working on more and we're like, Bob, why don't you send these songs? I Ralph. mean, Ralph, why don't you send these songs to Bob? And uh, he's like, well, you know, you only get one shot with Bob. You got to have the songs, you got to have the songs. But Tom is really good at pestering people. So <laughs> he pestered right. Ralph until those songs landed in Bob's lap. And then not 12, 24 hours later, not even, we get the call. I want to work with you. Let's go. And, uh, you know, there was a freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. I mean, I, we, got the call, we, got, we got the call from Ralph that, he, that Bob was in and Tom and I were at a restaurant. And I'll never forget, like, Tom went white. He stood up, like, in a movie where, like, you're about to throw everything off the table. He ran out the front door and all I could hear was shriek, like a high-pitched shriek from outside of the, of the restaurant. Of, that was his, like, it, just, it was just unbelievable. We could not believe that. Yeah, we're banned from our favorite Indian place now, but it was well worth it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's all worth it. Yeah. And so what what is it specifically that you'll take from those sessions and kind of, you know, go into the studio with moving forward? Well, Bob uh, is, is, is so incredible. There are so many amazing things to say about this man. Like, yes, he is a technical genius. Yes, he is uh, has ears like I've never ever met anyone like that you know he just knows music so well and the, his references are spot on like he just got us so all of that there's just it's just you know hands down he's incredible but one thing that you don't like you don't hear much about Bob is his incredible people work like his psychiatry his psychology like the way he got us to perform the way it got us to perform was like beyond like I had never I'd never heard myself sing that way I'd never heard Tom's guitar be played that way it was just like he just knows how to get you and how to push you very gently and very lovingly there was a whisper absolutely there was never there was never any you know confrontation it was all done so so beautifully and and he's just like a magic man like really is I'm never gonna record in another way than his two takes and one for fun method right. which is amazing because it's right. like play it twice you know do your thing because we had practiced those songs like we've never practiced before before <laughs> going in the studio you know we did every different combination of arrangement that you or your grandmother could ever think of <laughs> but bob had a way of being like hey i do it twice and then he'd come in whisper something in everybody's ear and he's like all right one for fun nobody cares about this one and that was always the take we would take that was the take the one for fun Mm -hmm. when you would like kind of like just enjoy yourself and then sure. it's like he got the vibe i think dave kind of understands this a bit better as a producer the getting the vibe well it seemed like he knew where he wanted to to, to get us and then he would just kind of like pluck us up and bring us there and you wouldn't even realize you were kind of like at that spot so the whole experience is really transparent because you're just connecting with a person he's giving you great ideas he's inspiring you he's charging you up and then you go in and you play the song and you come listen back in the speakers and you say, holy shit, this is, this is fucking amazing. You know? Somehow he's taken you and, and put you up to that next level. Yeah. So like, that, how do you explain that, that like phenomenon where all of a sudden it just like, there's, you know, he just kept on saying, he's like, when we get in, when we get in the big room, you'll feel the magic. <laughs> 
and something magical happened during that session, at least for us. I mean, we're all really happy with like where it went and what he brought and what he brought out of us. And just the the whole spirit of the four days we spent together was was incredible. Where did you guys collectively, are you all from the same city or how did the band (laughs) form? We're from so far away from each other. It's it's actually destiny that we met. Yeah, exactly. PY is from like a, a fishing village in like the North Pole. Northern, <laughs> Northern Canada on the border of Labrador. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom and I met in a hippie festival in Israel, but I, naked. I heard that. Yeah. I read, I read yeah. on your uh, website. <laughs> true, true story. Completely. True naked. story, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I was playing Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young's, uh, almost cut my hair. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting by, you know, by a river bonfire naked beautiful day beautiful long-haired dude comes sits next to me doesn't say a word doesn't introduce himself just starts playing joined right into the song and i had never heard any guy play like this man ever ever he was a boy then i never see it ever see this boy any boy play like that kid could play and i was i was just awestruck and i knew that this was the person i wanted to make music with and we played for like nine hours we didn't stop we just went through all our favorites and continued and I think we even wrote, wrote our first song like that first night. It was like, it was, it was magical. And then I brought him to my hometown, which is Montreal. I was born here. It was my personal import to the country. And we, uh, and we, yeah, we said we wanted to start a band. And then this guy came into the picture. How'd we meet you? Well, I got connected with the band because we have this, we, you know, we have a mutual friend who was assembling a band to back an artist. She was signed at the time and we were like, Okay, you know, you go through these like phases in the career where it's like you're working in a band and then you're backing somebody and then you're getting hired to do this and that. I mean, you're just you're 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 trying to take it all out of certain, you know. So we all ended up in the room together backing this artist, Tom, Leela, myself, our previous bass player. And like she had a contract. The contract was like falling apart because nothing was really happening. And we were just all there, you know, she faded away and left. And we the core on. of the damn truth just kept going. We were there. There was a good synergy. It was a good energy. And, and uh, that was kind of like the birth of the damn truth. You know, Leela kind of took her spot at, uh, at the mic and, and we built a band like right from that, that experience. You know, I think we could have all gone our separate ways, but I mean, there was already like a good, a good energy in, in the space. A few years later, bass player leaves. This guy, you know, gets connected with us through Ralph, who we mentioned uh, earlier. Right. And uh, the rest is history. You know, interesting. Never look, yeah. Haven't looked back. Yeah. And, and I you know I spent a real a, a good portion of my morning listening to your band and listening to the music. And, you know, uh, there are there have been comparisons to Joplin, to Zeppelin and all that. I'm wondering between now that I've got the three of you, I'm wondering what is because to, to make music like that, to gel together like that, to really bond as a band and, and really truly form that band, there has to be some sort of correlation between the three of you musically as kids what's the music in each of your houses as kids growing up what are your parents playing well it's it's kind of ironic that you put it in that way because as we mentioned everybody's from different parts of the world you're all we're all kind of growing up with something a little different too you know especially like you don't realize that like you know, somebody a few area codes over has a completely different musical upbringing than yourself so you know, I came from something which was like more steeped in like heavy metal, you know, 80s rock. Uh, my older brother was like into heavy stuff and I was into heavy stuff. And everybody has their own little thing, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone brought something to the table for sure. I mean, uh, I, I grew up on the Beatles, but then psychedelic 60s and 70s took over. Love the Doors and, and Janice and Jefferson and I mean, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, I really, really love the 60s and 70s music. Woodstock for me is like the epitome of, 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 of music. I but, know, right? uh, but um, I, you know, I've loved I, the thing is like, it's, it's, it's unexplainable. There's so much, right. I, there's so much music that I love. And I think it just, I don't, I think if you ask all of the four of us and we've, we've done this before, there's one album, which we all really, really can agree on could be like, uh, um, an Island, you know, one of those yep. like only, only album would be Zeppelin one, like for the four of us, it would be Zeppelin one. That's the album yes. we could, you know, really, really agree upon. <laughs> Yeah, because we all come from different stuff, you know. You you came, you were listening to like ACTC and yeah, it's well, my town is like a folk country town, so everything I was surrounded with was folk and country. And my father had all these like Jethro Tull and Pink Floyd records. So for me to be the rebel that I am, I had to have the Ozzy Osbourne, the Molly Crew, the ACDC, the Kiss, you know, the right, stuff right. that nobody else had. And I think, <laughs> I mean. It's a pretty large, I mean, it's a plethora of different sounds there that I mentioned. So it was a lot of music, but uh, where I'm from, there's no MTV or anything and there's no stores. So I would order CDs out of catalogs, you know, without even knowing what I was ordering. So I had a lot of, a big mix of <laughs> of influences, honestly. <laughs> Did you even have a channel on the TV? We had three channels. There, you go. <laughs> there was only one that I watched. <laughs> you know, and Tom, Tom's not with us here, but I mean, he, he's got like psychedelic 60s, like in his blood and uh, some kind of classic uh, classic rock influences. Uh, you know, similarly to Lila, Lila maybe a bit more. Crossover is Pink stuff, Floyd, but, Zeppelin, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. so everybody kind of has like a little bit of a musical vocabulary and you know, you slug it out in the rehearsal space and whoever's loudest wins, I guess. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com. Not ready to sing this song. They say the writing's on the wall.
talk about bangers. That is a band called Dead Quiet off their Truth and Ruin album, Forever Unsung. Uh, they're one of the last bands to have played a podcast show for us at the Railway, downtown Vancouver. Killer band. A few summers back, it's a couple, two, three now. They toured with John Garcia, jumped on the road with him and did a, a big stint over in Europe and talking to the guys about that. Like, what's it like touring with the singer of Caius? Crazy. All right, coming up in about 15 minutes in, listen to this, retired wrestling legend, Jake the Snake Roberts, talks about the things that still stand out to this day about the day that he was inducted into the WWE's Hall of Fame. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, RV Service and Repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. They're also on Twitter too. First, let's get to the second of three podcast guests this week, our sporting guest, fitness influencer, and the host of the It Takes Grit podcast, Rebecca Louise. That is brought to you by Joyce Heating Services, family-owned and operated, heating the lower mainland since 1960. Now, Rebecca Louise, she's global fitness influencer. She's the best-selling author of the It Takes Grit and the founder of the BTES Fitness app. You've seen her highlighted in Vogue, cosmopolitan entrepreneur. She's been a global ambassador for Nike, Amazon, Nordic track, GoPro, Disney. She is the real deal. Super positive, super engaging. She has a great YouTube channel, lots of videos, lots of motivation. And talking to her, you'll see, you'll hear that she truly wants to help people live healthy, active lifestyles. The full conversation is Definitely worth hearing from living with anorexia and depression at 17 to helping people be the best version of themselves. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with fitness influencer and the host of the It Takes Grit podcast, Rebecca Louise. The Toddcast Podcast. I mean, right to it. You know, the last 12, 15 months has just been absolutely insane for everybody. How are you handling it? Yeah, it's been a pretty wild journey as everybody has been. And I was actually meant to climb Mount Everest last year. Come on. Three weeks out, ready to go. And I was like, I feel mentally prepared. I feel physically prepared. And then obviously COVID happened. And within like 24 hours, I was like, oh my goodness, like all of this training I've done, it's, you know, I'm not going to be able to go right now, but I'm going to go next year. So it's all good. But I just had to do a pivot, just had to really change what I was doing and have new goals, just like a lot of people. That is insane. So like, have you climbed other huge mountains as well? Or is this just like a a whim spur of the moment? Let's do this because it sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've done a couple of training uh, mountains. I've been to the Alps and I've also went to Ecuador at the beginning of 2020. Okay. Um, and climb some, you know, I mean, the hardest thing I've ever done. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited because I'm going to have another year to really prepare and get myself mentally prepared again and to another level. I feel like I'm a different person than I was this time last year. So uh, I think incredible. everything happens for a reason. And I was just meant to do it next year instead of last year. Yeah. So was it like a group of you or is it just a few close friends or what's the plan for that? Yeah, it's just me. And there's a guy that I'm going with who has climbed it. I think he's there. He's there right now. And he's done it 15 times. So he's a British guy called Kenton Cool, And he's a mountaineer. And that's what he does is he takes people up individually. You know, there's a small group of you and you and you go up rather than being in one big group. It's a lot more personal. It's a lot more one on one. It's a bit safer. 
um, yeah. because we haven't got like a whole group. So I'm excited to to venture with him next year. Yeah, that's very cool. Where, where was the last place that you went on vacation? Oh my goodness. I think it was February, 2020. And I was in South Africa. I was actually filming okay. some workout videos for a lion and tiger sanctuary for four paws. It's a charity that I work with. Um, and I was filming some videos out there. So it's been a while. And so what sort of like broad stroke advice would you give somebody that struggles with, you know, keeping healthy and finding time to work out and maybe not eating right and stuff? Is there just kind of just general advice you could you could give yeah i think that you don't know how great you can feel until you've actually stuck to a program and that you've lost weight or you're getting more energy and now i'm addicted to wanting to be that feeling like i i i love waking up with energy like who who doesn't like who doesn't really want to wake up with energy and feeling confident and good in their skin and i think it doesn't sound very you know, sexy, but it's like, we've got to organize ourselves. Like if you don't schedule it in, it won't happen. And moving your body every day for 30 minutes is so important for your mind. Like you're going to be a better, happier person. And the people around you are going to be like, oh my goodness, like, you know, Rebecca's way more happy today. She wasn't stressed. Right. So it's all about the energy too. So for me, if I don't schedule in, you know, when I'm going to do something, it doesn't happen. Like, so we just have to get really detailed with that and schedule in and remember why, like always coming back to the why, like, why is it important for you to eat healthy? You know, what do you want your body to feel like when you're in 20 years time? Because I think a lot of times we treat our body away because it's not too bad right now, but you have to remember that years and years and years of maybe excessive eating of sugars or smoking or alcohol, like you're going to feel awful in 20 years time and you're still going to be alive, right? So it's like, think about what's going to happen in the future. You want to be running around with your kids or your grandkids. You know, it's like, what kind of life do you want when you're going into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s? Because we're living longer. Um, and I think that that's a big motivation to make sure that we're looking after our body now, because as Jim Rohn says, you know, look after your body because it's the only place you have to live. Right, exactly. And so those days where you just don't feel like training, don't feel like being active, you just need to schedule the time, actually do it. And when they are doing it, what should people be looking for in a personal trainer? Yeah, I think everyone's like, what's the best exercise to do? Or what's the best workout? I'm like, the one that you love. If you love Zumba, go and do Zumba, right? Because, you know, I'm not, I don't like swimming, right? So if I had to, you know, wake up every morning at 6 a.m. and jump in a pool, I would not stick to it because it's not something that I enjoy. And maybe someone's out there going, well, I don't enjoy any exercise. Trust me, there's going to be something that you do enjoy. Maybe it's just dancing around your house with your favorite song on, got your 80s music going. It's just about moving your body. Go and take a hike, go into nature, Um, you know, Yes, you want to get some strength training in as well. And yes, some cardio, because cardio is going to be great for your heart and your cardiovascular system. And then strength training is going to be great for building lean muscle, which the more muscle that you have, the stronger your bones will be. So a lot of times we see people who are older that are super frail. Um, it's because their bones aren't strong because they've got no muscle. They're not eating enough protein and they don't have enough muscle density to actually protect their bones. So that's another reason that you want to do strength training. Um, and then the cardio is just going to keep you feeling young right and so it's just really honestly just a matter of doing something Mm -hmm. anything do something just move up and down like that's you know if you're like i just really i I get intimidated by going to a class there's so many free workouts on youtube like you will find a trainer that you like 
right? And some people are going to love my personality and some people will be like, I don't really like the British accent. So she's not going to be my person, right? I'm going to go find <laughs> somebody else. Um, so it just depends on your own preference and don't stop until you found someone that you love. Like there will be someone out there for you. So even if you've gone through 10 trainers, like just keep going until you find someone and you'll be so glad that you kept searching for that person. I would love to get outside of um, fitness and what you're known for. What's the music in your house as a kid growing up? What are your parents playing? Oh, my dad always had his record player out and he would every, every Sunday night, you know, the English charts would happen and he would get ready to do number one. And he pressed record on the cassette tape. So that yeah, every yeah, yeah. week we had the new number one top hit. Um, so we've got loads of cassettes of those, but you know, I grew up with Michael Jackson. My dad took me to see MJ at concert when I was 11 years old wow. uh, so I got to see him live, which was pretty cool. It was um, that your first concert. It was one of my first concerts. Yeah. I went to see Duran Duran at concert. That oh, was awesome. I had but, Duran Duran posters on my wall as a kid. Yep. I was all around the eighties music. You know, my dad loves, absolutely just love playing music on the, on a Sunday. Um, my granddad was really into jazz. Um, but yeah, I grew up, you know, Kylie Minogue, like Australian artist, uh, yeah. Duran Duran. She's still doing stuff right now, I think, eh? Wow. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. where she's at anymore. I mean, it was, I, I went to see Kylie Minogue at concert. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of that music. But me, I was listening to a lot of Elton John. Like I would have, I go to school in my Nirvana hoodie, right? And yeah. black Nirvana hoodie. But in my CD player was really Elton John. I just didn't want anyone to know I was listening to Elton John. I was like, oh no, I'm a cool kid. Like I've got my Nirvana hoodie on. And then in my right. ears would be like yellow Rocket gray road playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think of the movie they did uh, with Elton John? Pretty cool, I loved right? It. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. amazing. I really enjoyed it. And I just noticed on, uh, I think it's on Disney Plus that they've got the, uh, are you a Queen fan? The the Bohemian uh, Rhapsody? That's phenomenal. That's amazing. I, I haven't think, seen it yet. Yes. If you like the Rocket Man, you're going to love Bohemian Rhapsody. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been binge watching lately? Oh my goodness. You know what? I, I would go through series and I feel like Netflix series, like they're so intense um, but it really plays with my mind. Like last year, I think I went through Stranger Things and it became like my mind was so like in it. I know. And, I know, like, and, and like thinking at the end of the day, you're thinking about the show and like. Yeah. And I would crazy. be like, so like, what about this? Like what happened here? Like what would change? What would move? Right. And so, yeah, I, I've watched a couple of Netflix like documentaries. I saw a really great one called Sea Spiracy that was amazing. I'm not sure if you've seen oh, that. I haven't seen it, but I do want to watch that. You should watch it. Watch so the I, trailer and it looked awesome. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch and to be aware of. And so I do much prefer watching like documentaries. Um, but yeah, my mind gets so sucked into the show. I'm like, I start to think when I go to bed, like, well, so what will happen? Do you think they'll make another series? They'll have to make another series because like this hasn't worked, right? So, you know, um, I don't think there's anything right now that I'm really like, um, I've, I'm, I'm kind of going through. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's funny how your brain starts to really play the stories out. Yeah, totally. Did you get into the the Wanda Vision? Are you a fan of like the superhero stuff? Or I have not gone into that one. Is really? that is that that is that a big one right now? It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's uh, my arm it, there. It's it's interesting. It's a super unique uh, spin on superhero life and and all that. But what's the worst job you've had? My goodness, I've had every single job that you can imagine, from being a banker to in a girl band to working. Um, as a club promoter, uh, I don't in know a girl the- band, pause. Yeah, what yeah. is going on there? 
Oh, I, well, I can't sing. So they used to mute my mic and I was just like the dancer. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've been in a couple of girl groups. I think my the the most, you know, probably mundane, boring job is that my dad worked for a printing company for over 30 years and oh. they like printed like ballot papers and paper, I don't know, whatever, paper stuff, certificates. And so I had a job before I moved to London. I needed to get some extra money. And it was like 5 a.m. I would be in the factory counting and stacking pieces of paper to a hundred and wow. then moving it along. So yeah, that was probably like the least creative job that I've done. Um, but I had fun, like we'd sit around a table having like a cup of tea and counting bits of ballot paper and I just kind of got on with it. So yeah, that's, that's one of my jobs I've had. Sporting guest visits of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Joyce Heating Services, a family owned and operated heating business serving the lower mainland since 1960. Online at joyceheating.com.
And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. Growing up in the 80s, even if you didn't watch wrestling, you knew about the WWF. That's what they were called before having to change their name to the WWE. As a kid, I was glued to the TV watching Hogan and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the Ultimate Warrior, the Iron Sheik. I just loved the drama, the WrestleManias. I didn't care that it was all staged. So to grab Jake the Snake Roberts as a guest was pretty big. He was one of my favorites. Maybe it was his finishing move, the DDT. Basically, it's a headlock, then slamming the person's head into the ground. And then when they were out cold, he would drape his python, Damien, across the opponent. How cool is that? And creepy. Jake was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2014. And when he was a guest of the podcast, we talked about his family, his career highlights, his addictions, the shows that he was binge watching at the time. We talked about social media, his book, his movie. And Jake talked about the things that still stand out from the day that he was inducted into the WWE's Hall of Fame. Listen to this. Um, just having some of most of my kids there. You know, and uh, sharing the moment with them, and uh, of course, hoisting my uh, grandson up. Who, he's my hero because uh, him and his sister both came into the world weighing, weighing less than a pound and a half. You know, and, uh, and they're still surviving. You know, they're they're uh, they got a lot of things to fight, but they just keep knocking them down, man. So uh, doesn't seem to. Be, you know, to, to stop them, man, they're unstoppable. They're, they're just unbelievable, man. To, and uh, it seems like each time they say, well, here's another barrier here, they won't be able to get by this. They kick it in, man. And, uh, you know, they got some issues that, that, that are serious, but, uh, you know, they keep doing it, man, one day at a time. So right. I just dig the crap out of my grandkids, man. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. You gotta know I'm mad I lost you. Should've known better. If we made plans that we thought through All these nights we'd be together Now I'm out there searching While my heart keeps burning I can't make you love me But you're the only one that pulls me up, 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 up When I feel down, down, down And I need you to pull me Asking when things are gonna change I wish I wouldn't remember Good things coming, bad thoughts grow But this time I'm not letting go Cause you're the only one who pulls me
The band is Wild Dove, and a new song for them called Down, a new song for the podcast. You may recognize the voice. Devin used to sing with Echo Nebraska, which, of course, over the years, we've played those guys a lot. Devin's new project, which I guess isn't really so new anymore. I think he's been doing Wild Dove for close to two years now. Just actually jumped on Zoom with us a couple, two, three weeks back. A little chat, a couple acoustic songs. You can see that now at our YouTube channel at Toddcast Podcast. He's a great guy, great player, an effortless singer. Just love those live-streamed performances. Speaking of live music, find Pandemic Distance and those live-stream shows with The Indie Scene at toddhancock.ca. They're happening here and there. If you're going to something, maybe you're playing something, let us know about it. We'll post it at our website. That's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. When the time comes to jam again, mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 247 is artist, musician, and one half of the Kids on the Escalator podcast, Chris Cochran, also known as Chris Machete. This week's entertainment guest brought to you by Sacred Meds, the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Use the code TODDCAST for 10% off your order at sacredmeds.com. There's hash, tinctures, keef, gummies, candies sacredmeds.com podcast for the code. So Chris's Facebook bio says, quote, a gaming and comic book nerd that plays punk rock, teacher, artist, and musician. And that truly nails it. You know, I, I can't remember the last time that I, I geeked out about comic books, Star Wars, the 70s, the 80s, as much as we did in our full conversation. Chris is the creator of Machete Comics, where he's crushing with that project. He has the HM Studio in Kingston, Ontario, a music and comic book studio, teaching both in depth to students. Check out hmmusicpro.ca for that. The studio is heavily involved in Kingston, Ontario's film festival, uh, working alongside of local schools as well, uh, you know, teaching the students and all that, music and art. It's just a really good vibe with Chris. And as mentioned, he's one of the hosts of the Kids on the Escalator podcast with our buddy Brent Donnelly. Give those boys a listen, a watch. They do a fair amount of live streams as well. Worth the time, a couple buttes there. The full talk is posted at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Again, search out Toddcast Podcast. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with artist, musician, and one half of the Kids on the Escalator podcast, Chris Machete. The Toddcast Podcast. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm my main gig is I started Machete Comics. There it is. Um, so I've come full circle, Todd. I started doing comic books, got sidetracked by, by drinking and partying a lot and playing in a band. 
then I got sidetracked by, by um, the future and helping them and keeping rock and roll alive. And now we got to shut down. And I, you know, I full, full force into art and drawing and I'm getting a lot of work. It's great. It's great. Nice dude. And doesn't it feel going back to, you know, the city and, and doesn't it feel nice to be appreciated? Yes. Yeah. Right? Especially in like Kingston where the tragedy hips from and, and right. I, I'm, I'm jamming with people and buddy's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know names. Um, um, but you know, rhythm guitar player lives three doors down the road. It's like, what? And, and my daughter's uh, now working for one of the bands here. And again, I'm blanking on names, um, but they're huge now. They, they just opened for the stones. Uh, just opened for the stones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kingston band shot. They got that song shotgun. Glorious sons. Yes. Glorious sons here from Kingston too. Right. And my daughter's doing their merch, like collecting their merch. Oh, and tabs on it. Okay. And, and, and yes, yeah, so and she works at the cannabis store. So she brings me home <laughs> treats all the time. She brings me home all these treats. You disgrace. She, she'll tell me, nice. what kind of mood are you in, dad? It's like, hmm, sativa, need some energy, dude. Okay, well, I got a chocolate bar for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, life is so good here, buddy. Um, yeah. and, and it's Sounds another like example it. of just being like, if you have something that you think you can do, you may need to move to do it, but dude, you can, you can fulfill those crazy childhood dreams, man. Yeah. You just need the right people it's around not- you and behind you. Yeah, that first step too, right? Like just to get that first leap. <laughs> sometimes it's a big one. So yeah. what was what was like? What was it that hit you first? Was it um, the music or the or the drawing and art? It, it was Spider Man. I remember. Uh, it's funny because I remember my my first Spider Man experience and my first Kiss experience vividly, vividly. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the thing about with the mental health, right? Like, like yeah. I, I I couldn't give you details about my first girlfriend, but man, I can tell you all these things about like Kiss and Spider-Man. So, sorry. So um, I, I was, I remember I was in grade one, I was homesick from school and my dad bought me home, brought me home a stack of Spider-Man comic books. And that was it. And I, I have, um, it's on the wall. I have the one on the wall there, but I, again, I wish I could turn cause I still have it. It's beaten up, but it's in a frame on the wall there. Yeah. Well, go, gr- go grab it. And it's, it's, oh, there it is. There it is. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, dude. Nice, man. So, and that's like the first of the clone saga when uh, the tranche, when uh, first of the clone saga, when cloning just started. Okay. My internet said it's unstable. Are we still good here? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're still good. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great, 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 yep, great. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's it. My dad bought me those home from, so he's responsible for that, which is funny because he's a, he's a sports and uh, car guy. Right. But brought me home the spot. And then that became the thing when I was sick, my dad would bring me home comic books. Okay. So it's, it's it, at that point it would be what uh, John Romita Jr., would be the yes, artist or exactly good call buddy yes yes exactly no that that's who it was yeah right okay yeah. so which which artists were were the ones that kind of grabbed your attention like what did you think of the todd mcfarland speaking of spider-man oh, like his amazing. spider-man to me was like fucking gangbusters was it 298 and then up yeah that's it buddy that's exactly it and then he brought venom in right yeah and i still have all those for like cover valley like, 50 cents or whatever they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love Todd McFarlane. He is one of my all-time favorites. As a matter Killer. of fact, the uh, the main character in here, well, this will tell you right here, Todd. Okay. My main character's real name is Todd Kirby. There so you got go. Todd McFarlane and Jack, and Kirby. Jack Kirby. Dude, Jack Kirby. See, I, we did a podcast last night and we were talking about the Silver Surfer. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created him. It's like, mm. okay, well. Mephisto number three, first appearance. I have it. You have that. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. My earliest comic I have is X-Men number six. I think I got something like that as well. Dude, X-Men so- was my, was my favorite. And, and I have, I know yeah. for sure I have from 121 and up to like maybe 400. 
John Byrne issues, right? And, with Chris and, Claremont. Dude, so good. Like the the Phoenix saga was fucking so good, yes. man. Like the Hellfire Club were brilliant as well, right? The Elite Society. That's yeah. when I came out on the X-Men, which is funny. You mentioned that I, we were at, uh, at uh, my grandmother's cottage. There's this tiny little variety store and like, oh, comic books. And it was an X-Men one. And it was yeah. uh, when they were fighting the Hellfire Club. They're all in a pile. It was like, like, is, what, like around 190. No, no. This would have been like 130. Oh, well, what am I thinking at 190? Well, there was a second incarnation of the, well, they came back again, but the ones I'm thinking of are, are the late seventies, early eighties with John Byrne and Chris Claremont, their first run when Wolverine just kind of, cause they were going to ditch him. Right. right. Um, and then, and then uh, John Byrne came in. He was a Canadian. He was like, Oh no, 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 no. We got to use this guy. So yeah. that's, and then there was the one issue where he fought the hellfire club and it was Wolverine alone. And there was that last shot of him coming out of the sewer going, now it's my turn suckers. And that was just like, what the hell? Totally. This isn't Spider-Man. This is like way beyond. Way beyond. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. who are I, I got? So what? What do you still buy comics at all? Uh, or, yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, I still. I mean, I don't collect anymore. I used to yeah. collect like a maniac. I used to collect like the the issues that that I collected. I would collect like two, so I would bag one right away, and then the other one I could read. Right. Yeah. So did you buy like a million copies of X-Force number one, like I did, or Darkhawk number one or anything uh, like that? X-Force I probably did. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I got like thought... 20 copies of that. <laughs> you really? Yeah. I do. I mean, I, and that was Rob Leefield, I think was the. Yes, Rob. Yeah. yeah the the no feed guy, right? But he that, created Deadpool. That's right. Wow. And that's big, man. Fucking Deadpool, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. really? Could you just please create one of the biggest superheroes ever? I know. And well, such a like. Them- and he's and Deadpool's you know I have an eight year old and a ten year old so Deadpool's like tricky to explain especially the younger when they're a bit younger like he's a good guy but he does bad things sure does yeah 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 it's it's like the bad conscience of Spider Man right and and how about do you remember um, Art Adams oh geez yeah when yeah, he was doing stuff uh, with X Men and all that oh dude his amazing stuff he did a run on the Walking Dead too where the covers all linked together. Right. And they were fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big Art Adams fan. I always thought like- that Art Adams was uh, was uh, Todd McFarlane's, um, like, not the muse, I guess, of, of Todd, Far- Todd McFarlane. I th- always yeah, thought that yeah. his art kind of emulated Art Adams' style. All those little details and, I put in the background, which yeah. is great, right? And that pops the figure out more. It, it's so brilliant, you know? Totally. It, like, it, and, and, like, the webs that McFarlane, like, McFarlane changed Spider-Man. I yeah, don't know and what the, the cape and shit uh, when it was when it got to spawn and all spawn, that. Like, yeah, how many copies of Spawn number one do you have? Oh, I probably have a few, three, four. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there, I think there's a new movie of that coming out, which should be good. But Tom McFarlane right? is just oh. such a great person, though. Like listening to him, listening to him talk. Yeah, totally like, right. Like all the I interviews. Went up to yeah, I went up to Marvel, and you know, my dad worked in the factory, and he got a plaque. Where's my plaque? I want a plaque. You know what I mean? Give me something. <laughs> And it's funny too, because Tom DeFalco, one of the editors in chief, was like, "Stop doing those spaghetti Spider-Man lines. Make the eyes smaller." And Todd McFarlane's like, "Wait a minute, I'm the number one artist in Marvel, yeah. which is the number one comic company in the world, and you're telling me how to draw Spider-Man? Wait a minute, wait a minute." And that's yeah. brilliant because that is per- that's, that's that's an editor being jealous of the artist, which oh, is kind of cool. like my situation in Port Perry, where like, I- oh, that's exactly it, man. That was exactly it in Port Perry for you. Yeah, I, it's I'm, good. See, I don't talk to a lot of people about this stuff, so it's nice to hear that uh, somebody else agrees with me on that. Yeah, you know what I mean? A hundred percent, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, how about uh, Mike Magnola? Did you ever get oh, into his yeah. stuff uh, with uh, like Hellboy, Alpha man. Flight and Hellboy and all that? Mm-hmm. Man, he's yeah, amazing. He did some really good X Factor work later in the day as well. Um, but I loved his drawings. They're very. It was very simple, but his layout 
and the silhouette use was really great. Man. Yeah, really, really simple great. drawing, but somehow he just nails it, right? And I can't remember how to pronounce the la- the, the the last guy I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Sinkowitz, I think. Oh, Sinowix? Sinowix. I believe yeah, that's how he Where he was doing like a bunch Sinowix. of Thors and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then is that when Beta Ray Bill came in as well? Uh, yes, around there, yeah. Yeah, I really like that stuff, man. That yeah, was really- which was issue 367. Nice. Do you have that one? And and how that's in my mind, I do have it. Yeah, how that's oh, in my I mind, that I, I have no idea. Nice. Well, see, again, I, I think that's why it helps the mental health is like you click uh, back to these things. So I'm yeah. terrible with numbers too, but you know, first appearance Wolverine, Hulk 181. You know, I, I know these right. things. First appearance that. of Punisher, Amazing Spider-Man 129. Well, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I just, I just do. I don't know why I know it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's awesome that you're into comics like that. I didn't realize that. That's really yeah, great. Yeah, to- oh, totally. Dude, like it, when, when I was like in high school, even 13, 14, 15, my my life goal was I'm going to own a comic book and collectible cards store store. Nice. That was that was what I wanted to do. Ah. And then that would, uh, that would be great. Yeah, Did you ever collect the, the uh, Marvel cards, those Marvel series cards with the hologram? Yeah. Okay, yeah. those have gone up. A, a set of those is now going for like 250 bucks on on eBay. Now. No way, really? Yes. And there's a Stan Lee card in there called Mister Marvel, and it's going for 50 bucks. I've got like six copies of that card because wow. I used to buy the boxes and the packs, right? And you just go through and whatever. But yeah, yeah so that those are one of the ones um, you may want to go back and see if you have those because they're worth a mint now. And of okay. course, anything that anything's on TV, of course, like you know the. The U.S. agent uh, first appearance in Captain America is skyrocketing now, and the first appearance of Falcon is Captain America. So that's why I always like to follow up our podcast when we do like one division or the way. Okay, now here's the comic books you want to buy, right? Because yeah. it'll take a five dollar comic and bring it up to fifty dollars to a hundred dollars after the series is done or the right. movie, right? But I think it's always kind of been like that, though. Even when we were younger, it was like that <sighs> strike while it's hot kind of thing. Remember uh, the comic book Nam? Yes, and Punisher was in there for it, a couple issues, right? That's right. Yeah, that was huge. Like right out of the gate, within the first six months, eight months of that, like you could have sold the first issue for fuck hundred bucks, easy. Uh, and now it's probably not even worth twenty bucks. No, it didn't go anywhere, right? It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Mm, like I wonder what I wonder what my collection is worth, and I would hate to know what it's worth too, though. You know, dude, probably not that much. No, I, I, I bet, dude, it's a different world now. See, that's, I, sometimes like I've, I've so many boxes of comics. I have a closet filled with them and right. I'll pull out a box when I'm just needed, you know, feeling bored or whatever, need some inspiration for drawing. I'll just go through and I'm like, holy crap, I'm married with children. Number two, that, they made a comic. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Yeah, or I'll yeah, go yeah. through and find another one. Go, wow. I got this. This is great. Toddcast podcast entertainment guest visits are powered by sacred meds the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Available online at sacredmeds.com. Use promo code TODDCAST at checkout for 10% off everything in store. Race.
Disco Funeral and a new song for them, a new song for the podcast, Bungay. And it's cool to hear some new stuff being thrown around by these guys. They played a show for the podcast, I guess it was a couple, two, three years back now. But I remember remember that night being super fun, just lots of dancing, lots of drinking. And I don't know about you, but I'm hearing bands almost give up because of the pandemic, being stalled for you know well over a year now. No live gigs, no drive to create the music, kind of a loss of ambition. And I guess, you know, that's understandable. And thankfully that's not the case with Disco Funeral 
Sending big love to those guys. Thanks for sending that track in. Really looking forward to getting this out next week. K-Flay's new EP, Inside Voices, is out a month today, June 11th. K-Flay is a guest next week. And, you know, a lot of the songs on this EP were, well, all of them were with people that I knew already and and had a, had a relationship with. So I was lucky in that respect. And... I've always been a very self-sufficient artist in terms of recording vocals and and doing lots of things just on my own. So I was also able to to really kind of take advantage of that and set up my my studio and do my thing and like make these songs in this interesting manner. But with regard to the Arkells, I love those guys. Um, we met probably, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit just because the song came out. Um, we met when I was out on tour with Mother Mother. Okay. So this Another, would be like uh, four Canadian, years ago. A Vancouver yes. based rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Great, BC great folks. Well. Um, yeah. I love Mother Mother. And I was opening for them all across Canada. We were touring oh. like, you know, Red Deer. Like I was like, we were out there doing it. It was yeah. uh, <laughs> my, you know, my first time going to a lot of these these cities and, and places. Um and I was a guest on Max's podcast and we had a lot of mutual friends in common. I think lights was our connecting friend okay. and, uh, yeah, our, our friendship just started from there. And then Max texted me like a little over a year ago being like, Hey, we have this song that we're working on. You want to come to the studio? We're in LA. Nice. And yeah, that was, that was kind of how that came about. Had a great talk with Kay Flay. She was super cool. That's coming up next week. Three-time amateur champion Muay Thai fighter Eva Schultz and international keynote speaker and podcaster Mandy Gill also join us. Not to brag, but that's a pretty good week. Of course, I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. Everyone in the damn truth, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for taking the time and congrats on Now or Nowhere. It is an absolute great listen. Fitness influencer and the It Takes Grit podcast host Rebecca Louise. I love your positive can-do attitude and super appreciate you taking the time to be a guest. Chris Machete, artist, musician, podcaster, badass, what to say, but uh, if you want to talk comics anytime, I am down. In fact, let's maybe jump that Zoom and compare some of the classic comic books that we have in our collection. Maybe even let uh, Donnelly get in on the action if he's if he's into it. Great to finally talk. Look forward to the next time. And that's going to do it for this one, episode 247. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the very end. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're also on YouTube where you can watch all of our interviews, all of our live performances there. We're on the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto as well at deanblundell.com. Longtime radio buddy. Comment and rate the podcast. Simple search of Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. We couldn't do it without their support. You can find all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can. It's cheap, as little as 10 bucks a day. Contact info at the homepage. And if you find a sponsor for us, we will give you a commission based on the ad buy. If you know a business that might be into it, Shoot them our way. We'll do the rest. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun. Play hard. And most of all, believe in yourself. 
the Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca. 